amazing pitching and Brandon Drury led the Reds to an opening day win, just like we drew it up. Well, kind of. Also, I don't ever want to see Joey Votto not be mic'd up again. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all platforms. I'm Stephen Offenbaker alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have turned that passion into information for you. On today's podcast, we break down the Reds' opening day victory in Atlanta. That's right. The Cincinnati Reds are 1-0 and and in first place. We're going to talk about Joey Votto and his involvement in one of the best half innings of Reds baseball ever to be broadcast. Then Jeff and I are going to take a look ahead at the weekend and the rest of this series with the defending world champion Atlanta Braves. Uh, Jeff, let's jump right into this and talk about a Reds victory. The Cincinnati Reds went out and did what I said they were going to do when we did our crossover with the uh, Locked on Braves people and Tyler Malley was road Malley. He did a thing. He went out, he threw five innings, only gave up three hits, allowed one run and it was unearned two base on balls, seven strikeouts and a cool 0.00 ERA for the win. That is what the kids call sexy, Steve. And actually when you talk about the fact that they won, Hey, first place, you can't go wire to wire if you're not wire on day one and Hey, they're wire. So that's that's pretty good to me i i love the pitching though and tyler malley i'll actually take a little bit of blame on this because i think uh, the third inning when he struggled it was either the third or the fourth uh that he struggled and threw like 25 pitches that's on me because after he got like the first out in that inning he only had 29 pitches and i'm just like dude's being pitch efficient Sorry, guys. Sorry. But that was still an amazing outing from him. He had guys guessing. He had dudes looking silly up at the plate. They were swinging through that fastball up in the zone, including Matt Olson, who every time he came to the plate, it felt like Carl Ravitch was telling me how good he was at hitting a high fastball. And David Cohn was telling me how good he was at hitting the high fastball. And Tyler Malley was thinking to buy him. So I, I love to see that. And then the bullpen as a whole. I mean, Steve, this bullpen coming into the season had a lot of dudes that I was hearing from Twitter, I mean, and I know Twitter is the best manager of baseball teams, uh, there was a lot of non-MLB talent on this bullpen. You know, the fact, and, and you know, and the bullpen overall pitched great. And uh, there were some, there were some bumps along the way. It wasn't right. perfect, but you know, you have to remember these, these pitchers, these bullpen pitchers are still in what really is like their third to fourth week of spring training. Uh, it's things are a little rushed. And, you know, we saw that with Luis Sessa. He came out, pitched one inning. Now he walked two guys in that inning. Uh, bear in mind, uh, interesting statistic, uh, that same number, two walks is all that he walked last season after Wild. he came over in that trade from the Yankees. It's it's huge. So uh, I guess he's done for the year walking people. But, <laughs> you know, it's 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 not surprising to me, given that the the way that they had to to ramp things up very quickly. And, I, and I'm sure no, none of these pitchers are quite ready uh, or would call themselves in regular season form. But even with the two walks, Sessa managed to get out of it. He didn't give up any runs. Uh, you know, he got out of there unscathed. And then we went to Justin Wilson, who... You know, How at times him? didn't yeah. 
didn't inspire confidence at times, but you know, he came out and got a clean inning as well, striking out too. So, you know, those two guys that were pieces that we added last year for, for that postseason run, uh, opened things up strong and, and, and really, uh, held on and protected the lead that the, the Reds built with Molly, with Molly on the mound. And that's the thing too. When I, we talk about Wilson, there's, let's talk about the pressure on him for a minute. There are 11 dudes in this bullpen right now. He is the only guy that throws from the left side of the mound. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe they do need to give you a tryout, bring you onto the team or something. I'm ready. Could use another lefty in there. But I'm ready. That that 60 mile an hour high heat is untouchable. I'm telling you. <laughs> exactly. I hear it's got a lot of movement. You just don't know where a it's going. A lot of movement. That's right. It's tricky. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I think that with Justin Wilson, he's got a lot of pressure on him. And he, he rose to the occasion. I get it. He's not perfect. He's not going to be perfect. He is a flawed bullpen pitcher, but that was a very good outing. And we talked about this with Jake the other day for opening day that if it came down to the bullpens, the Braves had the advantage it came down to the bullpens and Colin McHugh got tattooed which we'll talk about here in a minute but the bullpens actually advantage Reds I mean who knew in, in between Sessa I, I think Sessa is definitely going to bounce back from that no problem I'm not expecting him to come out of the bullpen and just start walking guys and one other guy too I mean okay so let's talk about firstly the guy we probably should have mentioned first off, Tony Santion. Oh my God. He is fantastic. I, I, I mean, I, I knew this last year, but him up on the mound and listening to the radio, like Jeff Brantley just gushing about the fact that he steps up on a mound and he immediately knows he's getting the dude out. Whether or not he gets the dude out, he's got that mentality of you're already out. I mean, if you watch Eastbound and Down, you know, good old uh, something like that, you know, Tony Santion, like you're effing out already so I, I love the way that he pitches up there with his mantra and Dowry Moretta I know we've talked about him a lot this offseason saying how excited we are we think he's got a very promising season ahead and there are already a bunch of people that wanted to jump off the bandwagon <laughs> as soon as he gives up a home run to Austin Riley get guys Austin Riley is a really good baseball player number one and number two he bounced back very admirably thanks to a very errant swing by Marcelo Zuna but I love and the way he yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, and I know you loved it the way that he battled. And talking about Santion for just a minute, that is an angry, angry <laughs> dude on the mound. And I want to tell you what, just I'm not even facing him, and he scared the hell out of me watching him pitch. Somebody I mean, spitting his un, I don't he know. He is that. unafraid, and and I, I'm I'm there for every pitch of it. Let me tell you. And as far as Dowie Moretta goes, listen, we talked about this as we were trying to kind of build out what this pitching staff was going to look like with all of these young arms. There's going to be moments like what happened yep. to Dowie Moretta. He he let one get away from him. He made a mistake. You know, he walked a guy and then made a mistake, and just like that, you lose couple runs but what I what I was really impressed with is even though Osuna really swung at a bad pitch I mean that's what good pitchers do is good pitchers get good hitters to swing at bad pitches and that's sure. exactly what he did and he goes out there and unrattled after giving up a couple runs faces Osuna unafraid gets the out and then right after him here comes Albies and again unafraid he goes and gets him so you know is there is there a positive to come from that negative yes the positive is that Moretta kept his cool he kept his composure and he dug in and he got out of that inning without letting any more damage be done and I, I, I love everything about how this bullpen unfolded. I, I, while they're 
are still concerns, obviously. One day is not going to turn around our entire thought about, okay, this bullpen is now good. We don't have to worry about them. Guess what? There's like a lot more games left. I I don't know if you guys know this or not. Uh, But, you know, while there's still concerns, yesterday showed that they can hold their own. But when you're talking about the game as a whole, we we haven't talked about the lineup yet. The lineup was a lot of fun, too, because it looked healthy. And uh, we've got to break that down. And if you want to get yourself healthy, you need to get a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best snack out there because it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it might actually be better because it's covered with 100% real chocolate, but has the kind of statistics that Tony Santion would be excited to see. He is intense and so is Built Bar. Check them out today. They've got amazing flavors like Cherry Barcia. They've got the puffs, the puffs, the puffs, the puffs. Get a puff. If you don't have a puff, you're missing out because it's protein-infused marshmallow. What? Yeah, marshmallow that has protein in it. I don't even know how that exists. It's a thing. Built Bar figured it out. Go get one today. They've got coconut marshmallow. they got banana cream pie marshmallow. They've got an amazing one. I love churro puff. If you haven't tried churro, it's like a cinnamon toast crunch marshmallow. And it's amazing for you. Average 130 calories, up to 17 grams of protein. Plus, you've got the kind of carbs and sugar content that's going to make any macro counter super happy. So what are you waiting for? Go to Built.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll save 15% off your next order. I'm telling you, you're going to get healthy, but you're not even going to realize it because it's going to feel like you're eating candy. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. Check out Locked On MLB Prospects after you're done listening to us today. Lindsey Crosby will keep you informed on the minor leagues, which, by the way, it's Dayton Dragons opening day. Heck yeah. And college baseball as well. Locked On MLB Prospects is free and available on all platforms. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And you can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker, two Fs on that one. And you can follow the show at Locked On. Reds. Also, make sure you're subscribed right here on YouTube. Thanks for watching us, by the way. You get to see our smiling faces and how intense we are at this because we've been talking about how awesome the pitching's been. We haven't even mentioned the hitting. The hitting had a very good day, and Steve, it was against the lefty. I, you know, we talked and talked and talked about what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Oh, the lefties. Oh, the problem with the lefties. Well, they just went out and shut us all up is exactly what they did. <laughs> they, six runs. They put up six runs. And, you know, for me, uh, the way that they put up those six runs, Jeff, was uh, kind of exciting because, you know, you and I talked off air that the, those are the types of games that when we're on the losing end of them are the most infuriating games because a Absolutely. lot of what the Reds did was put together with get them on, get them over get them in with dinks and dunks and bloops and you know you don't get a lot of those games but when everything goes your way it's fun to watch it definitely is and I, I was looking at baseball savant it's nice to be back on baseball savant and seeing like pictures of players and all that other stuff um but on baseball savant four of the reds 10 hits were all in the blue exit velocity category i.e they were under 70 miles an hour on the exit velocity those are the kind of numbers that when other teams are doing that to us we are just frustrated in no end because we're like oh my gosh i mean you're talking about some dudes that were just taking advantage of holes in the infield defense nice little singles little senai ground ball singles to the outfield i mean even aristides aquino you know we like to bash him he had some trouble some struggles with the curveballs again but 
he went the other way on a single. He beat the shift. That's what you got to do. And Mike Moustakis as well. He had a little dink single that, you know, they they were, I think it was Swanson dove for it and actually had the glove on it and it kind of trickled out of the glove. And so they still gave him a single because he had to really range over for it. But that's the kind of hit you need for a dude like Moose that needs to bounce back. But obviously we've got to start with the man of the hour, Brandon Drury, Brandon Red Hall of Famer, freaking Drury, who build the statue. Knew? I mean, we, 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 uh, you know what? And, and I'm not going to do it yet because it's one game and you know, one game does not make a season, but we might have some crow we need to eat on his dude because we were talking about how superfluous it was that he was even here. And uh, he's the reason that the Reds won. He scored the three ones that they needed to win. I mean, that's awesome. You know, the, on the broadcast, they mentioned that he had some big moments in the pinch hitting role last season. And to start off again that way, you know, every team needs a, a scrappy bat off the bench, a guy that you can call on that's not afraid to go out there after having set for three, four, five, six innings and, and go out there and take his hacks. And if if Drury can be that guy for the Reds and make spot starts and and fill the void created by some of these injuries, you know, he's a valuable piece. We talk about this, you know, just because we don't think a guy should be the everyday starter doesn't mean he's not a valuable piece. And if Drury can continue to go out and do those kinds of things, he's a valuable piece for this baseball team. Absolutely. And not to be outdone. um, And kind of like you mentioned earlier, this is still technically like the fourth week of spring training for these guys. So we didn't get to say this enough during spring training. Kyle Farmer, best shape of his life. Holy crap. That dude is ripped. And he put in some work. He really did. And if you had him as the first RBI of the season, hey, if you had him as the first RBI of the season, if you had Brandon Drew's the first home run of the season, first of all, what are tomorrow's winning lottery numbers? (laughs) And second of all, why? Why on earth would you make those picks? But hey, here we are. You know, another thing I was excited to see from uh, the offensive side of things, Jeff, was Joey Votto going out and making great contact, yes. ripping uh, ripping through the shift and, and getting a single to right field. And then, you know, while we're talking about Joey, that half inning <laughs> yes. of him mic'd up on defense for me was one of the single most enjoyable half innings of broadcast Reds baseball I have ever watched. I was just totally, just totally locked in for the TV. It was time to get ready to go to work, and I could not move from the couch because I did not want to miss what Joey Votto was saying. It was, it was fantastic. It was honestly some of the best TV I'd ever watched. I, I, I loved it, and I loved how into the conversation he was, and he was still... I mean, Joey Votto's just on a different level. We've, we've known that for a long time. His, his mind, and he exists in a different plane of reality from us all. I think we just get to see like some form of him in our own reality, and that's why we are so blessed to get to watch this dude play baseball. But, I mean, Carl Ravitch, all he had to do was be like, so what are you thinking in this uh, instance right here? And he would go. I mean, they keep sharing the clip of him talking about the gold tooth and all that other stuff. And that was hilarious. But the entire thing was just so fun. I mean, him leaning over to be like, Hey, Ozzy, I'm on TV. Say hi to the crowd. And he's like, Mm -hmm. hi everybody. (laughs) And that was fantastic. All of it. It was so awesome. And then just to see how he kind of goes about it. Like whenever he had to step back on the full count and he had to ask the ump, he's like, Hey, give me some space here, dude. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, I loved every moment of that. I don't, I I said in the cold open, I don't want to see him ever not mic'd up again. Let's get this dude sinus. Like the first player broadcaster. I I, would love to see that. 
And he's out there. He's he's weaving in play by play while it's going on. He's taking throws from Tyler Malley while he's talking to the broadcasters. It was it was it was fun. It was just fun. And you know what? It speaks to the evolution of Joey Votto. Uh, we can t- we continue to talk about how he's reinvented himself. He's changed his swing. He's turning himself into a power hitter. You know, I don't think Joey Votto does the same thing even as recently as three years ago. I don't right. think he wears that microphone and, and talks in the middle of a game because he takes it so seriously. And it's it's good to see that he can find a balance. Now, I'm not saying completely go off the deep end and become a sideshow, but right. what Joey did, it, it was the perfect amount of engagement and participation while still playing his game at a high level. Well, and, and it's funny because we, we wondered if, you know, because the at bat following that half inning, he actually had his first pop out ever to the pitcher, which is still a phenomenal statistic. He had never popped out to the pitcher in his career until last night, the half inning after he was mic'd up. So it's like, oh, I wonder if he'll ever do it again. But he honestly, he had two of the hardest hit balls in the game, two of the top five, his single and then a fly out in the seventh inning. So it's good to see the hockey puck. It's working. He's still barreling up the ball. He's still hitting it real hard. I think we're we're just going to continue to see more of this new Joey Votto. And kind of like he said throughout that half inning with Carl Ravitch, this is midlife crisis Joey Votto. So we've had, you know, we've had MVP Joey Votto. We've had GOAT Joey Votto. We've had decline phase Joey Votto. We've had resurgent Joey Votto who hits dingers. And now we have midlife crisis Joey Votto. So I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the, the, the big takeaway is if the Reds continue to score six runs, they may never lose a game, Jeff. Hot take, baby. Six runs undefeated, period. <laughs> well, listen, I'm going to tell you, the Reds, like I said, after one game of the season are in position to sweep the Braves. And, uh, you know, the odds are not in their favor, though, to pull off a sweep in Atlanta. But if you want to learn more about the odds, head over to betonline.com. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. From all of the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it, they got it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all the latest in sports development, including podcasts and reviews for all of the leagues that are in season right now. It's not just for baseball. BetOnline has is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Uh, head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked on Reds your first listen. Make sure you are following the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. We have started the exclusive video content over at YouTube. We've dropped a couple extra videos. You didn't check those out. It's not too late. Head over to YouTube right now. Click that subscribe button and see those videos. Uh, Jeff, coming up, we've got three more games with the Atlanta Braves, the defending world champion. And uh, I think we should take a minute and look at some of the matchups as far as the pitching goes for the rest of this series, because, uh, you know, now that Tyler Malley has gone, we run into this uh, youth and inexperienced part of the rotation that we're going to have until guys like Luis Castillo come back. Uh, so going today, we've got Reaver San Martin. He's on the mound uh, against Morton and Morton's coming off a year where he pitched really well. He was 14 and six with a 3.34 ERA and 33 starts last year and is looking to pick up right where he left off. And I know that uh, a lot of the odds makers don't give the Reds a great chance today against Morton and our uh, 
are really not uh, feeling what uh, San Martin is dealing. You really can't get a more opposite matchup. You're talking about a dude that has two starts under his belt against Charlie Morton, who I think is somewhere around 149 years old. And he has pitched like a lot, a lot. So there's experience against completely inexperienced. And like, kind of like we said in the preseason, Rivar San Martin doesn't know what he doesn't know. And he's got a very nice delivery, very good control around the zone. I'm looking for him to kind of get some ground ball outs, not get deep into counts with guys. He's not going to be a strikeout pitcher. I understand that. I kind of think of him, and you said this the other day, and I totally agree with you. I kind of think of him as like a a, a low-key Wade Miley. Like, let's see what they can get out of him with that. He drops down with almost that sidearm delivery from the left side. He's going to change the angle a lot compared to where Tyler Malley was last night. So I'm interested to see how the Braves hitters adjust to that and what the lineup's going to look like too on the red side of things because now we're back to a right-handed pitcher. Now we're actually going to get that lineup that we really want to see when you're talking about Moose at third. Um, I'm, I'm curious who's DHing because is it going to be Colin Moran? Uh, I think that they're going to load it up with lefties in some form or fashion. I think Colin Moran probably is the logical choice there. But, you know, I've, I've learned already to not try too hard to figure out exactly what David Bell is thinking because I usually <laughs> guess wrong. But I think that that's probably a safe bet. Uh, to just kind of see how this lineup responds. And it's going to be interesting over these next three games to kind of see how Bell does seesaw things on a day-to-day basis and keep everybody involved and get everybody at bat because, you know, there are going to be a lot of platoons and there have to be a lot of platoons for that lineup to continue to be successful and put up the six runs a game that that you say we need to be undefeated. Uh, as we head into Saturday, Jeff, uh, it's an interesting pitching matchup on Saturday because we've got Vladimir Gutierrez getting his 2022 campaign underway, and he's going to be facing Kyle Wright. Now, Kyle Wright, over his career, has only pitched 21 regular season games with a career ERA of 6.56. So he's not been lights out while he's been in there. I know he had some good outings in the Braves postseason run last year with a sub two ERA and a couple of appearances. Uh, but this one, I feel like this game uh, is very winnable. And if, uh, if I'm going to be wrong about the split and the Reds actually can win this series, uh, that game on Saturday, I think is one that they need to go out and get because that, that feels like of these three remaining games, that's the most winnable. Yeah, that that's the swing game for me, too. I, I get it because you're talking about Goody, who last year showed a innate talent whenever runners were on base to really bear down and pitch well. It was almost I, I don't ever advocate for a pitcher to immediately allow somebody to get to first, but it almost seemed like as soon as somebody got the first, he started pitching better. Like he didn't pitch real well with bases empty. I found that kind of strange. That was one of those other weird stats that were like road and home Mally is like Goody with guys on base and Goody without guys on base. So it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with this Braves lineup. And kind of like you said, with Kyle Wright being in there, Kyle Wright is nobody's like ace. And Jake even said that in the crossover the other day. He's just like, we're not really sure what we're going to get out of him as Braves fans. So I'd be interested to see what bet online has the over under at for that game. I might, might tease the over a little bit. But the lineup as a whole is going to have an interesting day there. And then Sunday, boy, give me Hunter Green all oh, we're going hunting. Day. Going I'm hunting. Going hunting. I cannot wait for his debut. It's going to come up against 
Ian Anderson, a dude who, um, if you remember the ridiculous 22 innings of the 2020 playoff run for the Cincinnati Reds, Ian Anderson, they couldn't figure him out. So I'll be interested to see how they can play in that game because, like you said, that's a game that we kind of figure there might be a little bit of an advantage for the Reds if they can get up on Anderson early. I mean, what they did in opening day, if they can get up on teams early – and give their pitcher a little bit more comfortability, especially when you're talking about Goody and Hunter Green and Rebar San Martin, then they're they're really going to be in a lot more of these games than we thought. And listen, Ian Anderson is human. Now he yeah. he's a good pitcher and he has success. But listen, he last season he was nine and five with a three point five eight ERA and one hundred and twenty one point one innings pitched. Now that means that you know he was more successful more often than not. But teams can get to him. You can yeah. have success against him. So I think that you you hit the key right there. They need to get out on him early. They need to give Hunter Green a lead in that game so that Hunter Green can go out there and just work the magic pitch smooth not try and overthrow and just do his thing and and put hunter green in a position to be successful to keep the rookie from trying too hard in his major league debut i agree and one other thing too about this weekend is uh opening day we did not see the braves uh a lineup with their bullpen that was kind of one of the reasons that i think that the reds had the advantage because the reds did roll out their a squad i mean obviously without lucas sims being healthy but the Reds throughout the A squad, we didn't see Tyler Matzik. We didn't see Kenley Jansen. So when those guys come out, how much are they going to shut them down? And you know what? Also, and we forgot to do this, but Spencer Strider, what the heck? I mean, that dude, he absolutely worked the Reds lineup mm-hmm. for two innings. So that, that, that's something to watch, too. Like if the Reds don't get up early then what's that bullpen going to do to this lineup? It's going to be an interesting weekend to watch. I I was super, I mean, all things are good when you win on opening day. So feelings are high Uh, there. It's easier to see a split for sure, but Hey, can they win this four game series? Cause if they come out of this four game series, three and one, there's going to be a lot of people going, huh? Okay. I like it. Like we've been saying all along, this team is better than everybody really thinks they are. And it's going to be fun to watch all season long. And you're going to want to make sure that you're tuned right here because we have got you covered every single day talking about this Reds team. And also, Steve mentioned some bonus content coming up here in a little bit. I've got some awesome stuff coming up on the YouTube page. I got the chance to talk with Connor Phillips, who is the opening day starter up in Dayton. And I got to talk with Reese Hines, a couple of like, you know, 90 seconds. Yeah, a couple of 90-second conversations. There, You're going to enjoy this. It's going to be on the YouTube page only, so make sure you check those out. Or, no, I think I am releasing them in the feed. I, and Anyway, I should have had that thought uh, <clears throat> better fleshed out. Anyway, they're coming! Get ready for them. And that's going to do it for us here today on the episode. Steve, the Reds are 1-0, and they're in first place, and we're happy. And we're going to be talking about how good they do. Because I'm, I'm saying it. they're going to do good this weekend. We're going to recap that on Monday's episode and kind of give you the three up and three down. What's going to happen and who's looking good on Monday. That's coming up then. Make sure that you're following the podcast. And thanks again for making us your first listen. Now make your second listen. Locked on MLB is Paul Francis Sullivan. But please call him Sully. Has you covered all season long all league-wide with his unique perspective. Whether you're talking about 
past or present. That's Locked On MLB, just like Locked On Reds, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Steve, the Reds are in first place. They've got a chance to go wire to wire. And we're both excited. So what's that mean for everybody watching and listening? That means you are going to get the most amazing Cincinnati Reds content right here on Locked on Reds every single day. Day.